Welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It is episode number 315 of the Fret Talk podcast. It has seemed like an absolute age since we've done this. It won't for you guys because we will have scheduled the podcast normally, but it's been about about three weeks since we've last podcasted, so it's <laughs> it's nice to be back. Oh, as you heard, there was Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. And we've got another another co-host. Is it Lee? Is it Josh? Who knows? Drum roll. Oh my gosh. It is Josh. It is. Yeah. It's me. (laughs) Fuck. It's me, Mario. Indeed. Right. Before before we get into the podcast proper, we mention our lovely, lovely sponsor for this this podcast. And like the previous couple of podcasts as well. Just amazing, amazing people. Um, so it's, we are sponsored by Affordaboard, bringing you affordable pedals from companies such as Demon Effects, JSA Effects, Muskie, Joyo, K-Line. Affordaboard are based in the UK with stock ready to ship straight away and shipped in awesome, awesome recyclable recyclable packaging. Try saying that when you're, when you're drunk. <laughs> recyclable. Uh, check them out at affordaboard.co.uk. Uh, there's been so there is also one more precision drive left and i'm very close to buying it so you're gonna have to get there before me before i get it yes (laughs) yeah i I was just just about to say like he's been hitting the socials pretty hard recently hasn't he and there are some pretty tasty things coming up (laughs) some of which you might find um might find on the budget pedal chap channel um, I've not recorded this week's No Talk All Tone yet, and it's edging ever closer to <laughs> to the day when it's Are you going to be recording it, uploading it, and releasing it in the same day at this point? Oh, I reckon <laughs> I'll get it done by tomorrow, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to find out. I can't um, bail you out on this one, I'm afraid. No, you, un- unfortunately you cannot. This is all me. But I'll get it done. I, I always do. But yeah, it, it's probably going to be one of those ones from um, from Affordaboard because he sent me through a couple of the ones uh, to do to do little demos on just to kind of promo his uh, his stuff. Last week was the oh, what was it? Fuck, what was it called? It's basically like a, a multiple multi moth multi moth. It's the brothel pedal. Um, the SF three thousand killer, three hundred killer. It's, oh, it's called the Big Fuzz, isn't it? I keep thinking like King Muff, Fuzz, Muff. No, it's it's Big, <laughs> sorry, Big Fuzz, yeah. And it's basically like it's a four-mode four um, fuzz pedal, but uh, like very similar in... Mode. Yeah, so it, it's kind of like um, a more usable version of the SF300. Well, like the the super fuzz is like balls to the wall, crazy fuzz, and you get like three modes. This you've got four modes, but they're slightly more usable. Um, you've got uh, a pie mode. You've got a um, like a standard muff mode. You've got a tone bender mode, and then they've got the that boost mode as well. So th- there's some pretty cool sounds in it. Check out the video; it's it's really cool. Really enjoyed that one. Um, but I think, like potentially, the next one might be a Mosky 
King of Tone, like Prince of Tone, King of Tone thing, maybe. I don't know. Prince of King of Thing. Prince of King, yeah. <laughs> King of Prince. I don't know what it's called again. <laughs> but Mosca, absolutely killing it. They're just, they're, they are killing it. Um, Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. How are we? We all good? Good, thanks. All good, thank you. Yeah, yo. Just, yeah, just, you know, working for a living and not getting a living. (laughs) (laughs) Standard fair, standard fair. I I was listening to the, um, listening to the podcast that were released whilst I was on holiday. And I noticed that you can, (laughs) you can hear the little whistle coming from that cup. Yeah, we can. We just heard it then. So that'll be in this week as well. It will. I'm not going to edit it out. Why would I? You need to highlight it. I do, yeah. Like, get some delay or, like, put, put... Every time it happens, you need to put a different type of modulation on it. I'll tell you what, actually. In, in my DAW... Ring modulator. Um, I, don't, I don't want my ring modulated. Thank you very much. Um, Every time. Um... <laughs> Somebody on on one of my socials this week or last week mentioned a set of free reverb and delay plugins. So I downloaded them. It was like Valhalla um, plugins. I can't remember what the um, the plugins were called, but there's basically like three um, like three free plugins, and they are mental. They are absolutely fucking mental. <laughs> It's like massive, like shimmery reverbs and just like crazy oscillating reverbs. It's almost like, do you remember, like a couple of weeks back, I did the the Mariana by K Line. Yes. That little reverb pedal. Uh, the, it had a few like standard reverb modes in it, but then others were just, this is mental reverb. It's a bit like that. So. If you fancy some just really crazy reverbs in your DAW, just check those that goes out. Um, Sounds like a plan. Yeah. I've been um, experimenting with a lot of the free ones I got through with Universal Audio when I got my interface uh, okay, through. Yeah. And I have been really, really, really surprised with how good they are. Um yeah. Uh, mainly some of like the uh, the tube EQ compressors and bits and pieces like that. Um, they've been really, really good. The Space Echo is really good. Uh, mm. They've got a Plexi style plugin again. That's really good. And it's making me even more tempted to kind of get the, the £40 a year subscription and get in them all. Mm. I'm, I'm, I didn't so. even know that they did like... Uh... The subscription service to it. Yeah, it's called UAD Spark, I think it's called, and it's about 40 quid a year, but you get pretty much all of the plugins um, to use. Wow, um, um, that's that's a pretty pretty decent... decent say, when, when other companies are charging like 100 quid for, yeah, just for a the version one. of a thing, yeah, like, yeah, to get all of the UA ones for 40 quid a year, like, okay, if you, like, you can, you can do three years and get 120 quid and that's all of their stuff was supposed to one effect for 100 quid or whatever it is for i'm pretty sure that it's it's like you get near enough like the full catalog Mm. of uh the plug i could be wrong but it's it's definitely kind of becoming a little bit more tempting as i'm starting to utilize them a little bit more but that's just because you was talking about plugins 
I'll tell you what, because you've mentioned that, we'll get into a little bit of news, as we've we've been doing the last couple of weeks. In fact, actually, for a couple of months now, we'll intersperse news with our stuff. Uh, and you mentioned UA there. Uh, they they released, it was, it was maybe not last week, the week before, but it's news to us. Uh, they released another four pedals in their kind of stripped back... Um, I, I can't remember what they call that that line, but it's like the stripped back. No, these. Uh, I don't think these are like in a part of the line. They are, I think, a brand new separate line to them themselves because they haven't really done them into this budget yet. But because mm. um, obviously they've got the big ass ones, and then um, yeah, I saw these, and the price points aren't too bad on them for what they are so we'll we'll have a talk about them we'll have a talk about them because I think they're almost there and there's a few things yeah. what that I'm thinking that just let it down a bit but let's talk about them first and let's let's hear what they're about so we've got four different uh, effects we've got the Orion tape echo we've got the 1176 compressor we've got the heavenly plate reverb and the evermore Studio Reverb. I watched a video by Rhett Shaw about the 1176 one, and it was actually really interesting because I was talking about how Jimmy Page got the tone for Black Dog basically by smashing a a really heavily compressed 1176 into a higher headroom 1176. To get like the one's driving and then the other one boosts up the volume to be loud enough to but be. Go on. That's what? not all he did. He actually plugged his guitar into the send, I think it was, of his head. He completely bypassed the, the cab and whatnot. And I read somewhere that he plugged it into the either the send or the return of his amp. No, it, it went straight to desk. How'd you get? Oh, okay. So, what I, yeah, yeah. Look, it's, it's complete. Yeah, completely bypassing any guitar amp. It's it's basically just using that as the uh, as the guitar tone. Um, but the new eleven seventy six compressor pedal has got an option where you can do that. Look, it's got a dual mode, which if you gun mm. the input volume, it, it guns it like like you're running a a really hot version into a high headroom version and, and you get that Jimmy Page Black Dog drive like really present really crispy drive tone thought that was really cool um, but it also again works as the 1176 compressor which are very guitar friendly sounding compressors because they're like really mid rich and yeah guitars don't need compressors they just don't <laughs> yeah. they, just, they just don't <laughs> I was having this conversation in a Facebook group today or yesterday where somebody was like, "Like, I haven't changed any of the settings on my compressor, but I accidentally turned it off at a gig and I sounded much better without the compressor on. And that's because you don't need a compressor on a guitar amp. Like, if you need ultra, ultra cleans, yeah. it can sometimes, like, crisp up your, your clean. Like, I, I have a compressor on my board and these days... I use it where I've not got any drive pedals on and I just want to make sure that you are like you have a, a roughly consistent sound for your clean sound. I'll I'll happily use it for that. But yeah. anything else, 
don't mix compression in with drive because the drive pedal's doing the amount of compression you want, so you're just messing with the the input of the drive pedal. Just throw them in the bin and use a valve amp and a maybe a tube screamer. No. But if John Mayer uses it alongside with his tube screamer on his clon for his lead boosts, you know, I'm pretty sure he's yeah, doing something right. Who wants to sound like John Mayer? <laughs> Me. <laughs> I mean, a fair few people. Look, I, I did a video in the very, very early days of the uh, the Budget Pedal Chap channel showing why I use a compressor with um, like lightly driven sounds. Because... You've got absolutely no success. Like if you, if you, unless you're pushing the guitar signal hard enough to to drive it, like to like get it into overdrive, then the sustain on the on your guitar signal drops off real quick. Whereas if you've got the compressor, it evens that out really nicely, and you get almost like the the singing lead sustain without having butt ton of compression uh, sorry a butt ton of gain on your signal you don't need gain just turn the turn the amp up like the power amp yeah but it's <laughs> it's not it's not always because that that basically does the same thing as a compressor pedal yeah but it does it in a far more natural way that doesn't sound shit I mean, apart from blowing your head off yeah That's, not yeah. if the people in the front row can't handle it they should have worn earplugs not every situation allows for a full lug and amp at full tilt. So in those situations, we use compression. Uh, but yeah, so we, we've got a few uh, few different things with these uh, these pedals. They are like how would you describe them? Um, look, in they're the- like the JHS pedals in the fact that they're quite plain. They're very minimalistic. Yeah, in yeah, terms but, of the aesthetics, I think. Yeah, they've not they've not gone crazy with the the uh, graphics on them, but I think UA don't tend to anyway, do they? They tend to keep. No, I mean the other awesome. ones they've got like the the whole raised bit where your switches are and sunken in bit. Like they 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 ha- they were more interesting to look at. The you know the their amps and their like what was the other was it it was del- like a delay and a reverb yeah, and a thingy yeah. they yeah. had. They did last time. They've all got like like a sunken in bit and a just just to kind of give you that kind of more interesting aesthetic. Whereas, like you say, these ones are just completely flat top plain. Yeah, got the name of the thing written on them and the control names, and that's about it. There you go. So we've got the Orion is based on the Maestro Echo Plex, and apparently also emulates the preamp as well. There's 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 pedals like the um the EP preamp pedal which just does that. And then you've got pedals that emulate the Echoplex and this does it all in the one. Uh and then it offers you um options for like uh, so it's got a, a flick switch between mint worn and old tape setting. So you can kind of it it goes into the detail a little bit so that you're not you're not just getting the one sound but you're getting like the the plethora of different echoplex kind of tones. Uh, we've obviously got the seventy uh, eleven seventy six, which we talked about a little bit earlier. We've got the heavenly plate gives you sound of the nineteen fifties German made studio reverbs. Um, yeah, so kind of classic, like classic emulations of some really 
um, really interesting tones throughout the years, and and the ever more uh, ever more sorry um, is seventies vintage digital hardware. So again, aiming towards those those kind of classic tones. The price point we're talking uh, two hundred and eighteen dollars. Um, for the majority of them, and then one hundred and ninety nine for the uh, the eleven seventy six. If they had certain other features, you could justify this a little bit. However, these are mono in, mono out, which. Like for me personally, I don't necessarily use uh, stereo um, stereo effects because I'm running just a single mono um, mono signal. However, for that price point, for like nigh on two hundred quid, you kind of expect um, stereo. What others might suggest as well, especially. Uh, especially for the Orion, is tap tempo. Because, mm. or, or a way, at least a way of um, accessing tap tempo, like an expression out or, or whatnot. So, the, like, it just falls short a little bit. Just, just falling short right at the end, I think. Because there are options. I think mean, I think they need to, like with these pedals, they need to be more, I think, £150, you know, €160 sort of thing, I think would be quite acceptable for them, I would say. Um, That's not going to happen with UA, though, is it? Yeah, that's the the whole thing. And I think they're still... It's going to be their most affordable range, you know, much like... um, with the victory pedals, the most affordable ones are at like, you know, 200 pounds sort of ballpark, um, which you can kind of get better things that do the same thing, but a little bit less. Yeah. So like the alternatives for, um, like for a couple of these reverbs or like the echo play, I mean, you've got the, um, is it the MXR Echoplex or is it Dunlop who do the Echoplex pedal? MXR. Yeah. Because that's like that will do this but for less. Because it's again mono in, mono out. Um, not as in depth though. Not with like the layers of degradation. But you get a tell life, sorry, it is Dunlop. <laughs> I just checked. <laughs> I mean Dunlop MXR are basically look the same thing yeah sister companies <laughs> but yeah um, so the, there's that there's there's plenty of other um, pedals that do that kind of thing stuff like the TC uh, flashback will have um, inspired by algorithms for this kind of thing won't they especially like the the plate in the studio reverb they'll definitely have things that point towards those and then you've also got the option for expression with those you've got the mash function if you're buying the vts or the um 
like inbuilt tap tempo. So it's there's like a, a much much more feature rich, but then they they're not the um, universal audio algorithms, are they? And I suppose that's where the the unique selling point comes in with it is that it's it's just um it, it they're they're playing on that i don't think we're at any risk of buying these ourselves <laughs> no no i don't well but I, again they're not really aimed at like the people who buy ua pedals or strive for ua pedals are yeah. the people that you know are buying strymons and like you you other kind of top of the line stuff which is just not anybody i mean maybe lee of the podcast crew might yeah aim for those kind of things but i'm I'm not even sure he'd pick up these kind of stuff no i mean it's funny you should mention strymon we'll be talking about those a little bit later on but what we'll do we'll we'll do our what we've been up to's i reckon I'm going to start off because I'm not entirely sure Josh is with us right now. I think I am. Oh, he is. In fact, actually, go on, Josh. You tell us some stuff because you've been an absolute boss this week. In fact, this week, the past about three weeks. Yeah, I think like I've kind of kept the Fret Talk, not Fret Talk podcast. I've had nothing to do with the Fret Talk podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the pedal boards of doing YouTube channel have been quite busy with yeah. that in terms of getting three, I think three videos, the last, like yeah, out of the four videos, the, trot, the last yeah, three yeah, of them three have been the me. Um, so I think, I think we spoke about the line six one. Then I we had did, yeah. the, the gyms 45, uh, from TC Electronic, part of the Ampworks range. And then literally, I think the day after they announced like part two of the Ampworks range after <laughs> I, after that one went live. They did. Um, really good pedal, really, really good pedal. My first kind of like, I've played around with JTM style amps, uh, Plexi style amps before, you know, through various modelers and things. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of knew what I was getting at and what I was getting into with it. Uh, and I was really, really impressed. Got used it to try and, I guess, treat it as like a normal amp, putting pedals in front of it, you know, stacking over the tops of clean channels, over drive channels. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it, especially putting a gold style overdrive, shall we call it, over the channels because <laughs> you can kind of go clean, boost, and then that on top or drive and boost and putting that on just get really good tones and i was really impressed that it remembers where your dials are yeah you can set your dials change your channel on there and then you change them around again and it it remembers everything but to be honest i didn't need to change anything from the golden setting of two o'clock and it was perfect for how i'd use it Mm. and with the uh the cab sim as well i didn't need to do any sort of post tweaking with it to try and mold it to where I wanted it it was out the box it was golden absolutely golden so really you, impressed with it when you recorded did you go from the uh, the cab sim out then so you used the cab sim that was built into the pedal yeah nice it sounded really good like I I heard the demo when you released it 
and they the um the tones that you're getting out of that sounded they just sounded really big and fat. Um, so I used it um, in the effects loop of the quad cortex, but I disabled, I obviously didn't have any cabs yeah. running within the quad cortex. I literally just used the overdrives in front of it and then a reverb and a delay after. That was it. Because um, if you've seen the video, I break down the tone and you can see the signal path. Yeah, uh, I mean, because you, you can easily bypass the, the cabs in it. And you could yeah, have you used... literally just go into the other output. Yeah, yeah, it's got two outputs, hasn't it? And you you could have easily gone into that other output output and used the IRs in the quad cortex or like the the dynamic cab um, responses in the in the quad cortex. Yeah, you could almost use it as like a stereo rig almost. You could have it running out of one cab sim and then you could have it running out into um, your own third-party IR or into an IR load and something like that. And there's no reason why, I guess, theoretically, you couldn't do a stereo rig with it that way. There's no reason as to why you wouldn't. I mean, it'd um, be a nice, but, simple stereo rig, wouldn't it? it? Yeah, I mean, it'd be a very simple and I think a budget way to get a good stereo rig. Um, but I, yeah. you really don't need to because the the cab sim in it is is perfect. Yeah. Uh, and I also we did a demo for um, a lovely chap at 4D Pedals, um, and Ed was nice it, enough. Yeah. Ed, yes, Ed, Ed East, great name that. He's the he's the brother to Ned West. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I must admit, when like we've we've dabbed our foot into 3d printed pedals before and i didn't know what to expect i was a little bit like okay let's let's get it over and done with and i was yeah the tones were actually really good yeah yeah. <laughs> um I, w- I did go into it with a little bit of skepticism because i was like 3d pen printed pedal it's quite small and i wasn't expecting it to be great and i got some really fat like almost bit crushy synth style tones out of the fuzz which i really like you know me i like my fuzz of a high gain and just to kind of break up and self bias and self clip almost um and it, it came out really well put it over three styles of amps like a medium gain uh jcm style a low gain sort of plexi and then a clean and it worked over all three of them yeah and uh ed seemed really happy and he was saying that i got tones out of it nobody else had done really so far so i was like hey win-win um and for the price point that he's kind of going to be putting these on the market for about 35 40 pounds i i think it's an absolutely killer first you know you know if you want to look for your first four range of fuzz it's pretty good um there are some drawbacks with it you know like not having an led you know on the pedal as we've kind of discussed if you're in a gigging environment could be a little bit of like a hindrance because you might not know if it's on or off and yeah. i think the jack placements are like we described it as chaotic yeah it's definitely uh, got a chaotic energy to it because it, it's yeah. it's shaped like a star so there's there's absolutely no way of getting them in a uniform kind of way they're like just top mounted yeah. or 
Um, which made when I was filming it, like I had to loop the the cables through like the inside of the bracket, like almost like the bracket or the strips on the the Marcus foot that I've got to make sure that like kind of the pedal was going to stay central for when I was filming it. And um, yeah, which ultimately um, the memory card decided it didn't want to play a board and only recorded 30 seconds of it and then decided it didn't want to work. So I was like, oh, fudge. Um, but yeah, really good pedal. Both of them really good pedals. So go and check them out on Pedalboards of Doom. Yeah, um, I'll be uh, I'll be releasing mine not too long. I think maybe maybe by the time this is a will be be out tomorrow. Uh, if I get my finger, it I've recorded <laughs> basically the majority of the demo. And again, like like yourself, I had an issue where my it was my computer this time. It recorded fifteen minutes of the audio because I, I record. Like the the video with my my camera, but I record my my voice audio with my the the the, the microphone that you're hearing right now because it sounds nice and like nice and crisp. And it recorded fifteen minutes of like my talking head thing out of twenty one minutes. So I've got like another six minutes of just crappy uh, camera audio. I was like, I could. I could. <laughs> Because like when I edit it down, it'll end up being about a minute and a half, and I like I could do that. I could have like four minutes of the the video with beautiful sounding audio, and then like the last minute and a half sounding <laughs> a little bit crappy. But I just EQ it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've got it where like I've I've added like some effects, uh, and I've added um, some like clean clean up effects on it, and it sounds passable. But I'm not happy, so I'm going to have to just record that last little bit of the... Well, uh, surely you just work out what you were saying and then you dub it. (laughs) And just do it. What you need to do is just do it so it doesn't quite sync with your mouth properly. Yeah. Or change like every sixth word. (laughs) (laughs) Do it like the the horrible like 70s Japanese movie dubs where the mouth stopped moving but the, the words still come out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do that. That'd be really funny. But it, like, I, I will end up just recording that last, like last minute and a half or so, because like the, the like you say, the pedals are, are really cool. I got some pretty nice tones out of it, and I've done p- potentially the most stupid guitar track that I've ever recorded for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think there ended up being about. There's about nine guitar tracks that I used for this this thing, and the majority of them are just like harmony guitars. So, be be aware you will you'll get some delicious delicious harmonies. Sounds really good. I, like I've not done it stupid where it's just look unmusical. It sounds it sounds very very tasty, but it's very silly as well. <laughs> so, so you just had a lot. We of fun like with silly. It. Yeah, I, I I had, I think that that's the main thing that I got lost in the tones and I was just having fun with it. So it's the way to be. Like it just there's not there's so much now is like oh I'm, I'm after this specific tone and people are just like forever tweaking and forgetting that you know if you find something that puts a smile on your face just play that for twenty minutes half an hour and that will probably turn into three hours. 
Yeah. And and uh, I ended up playing, like, like I say, I ended up like layering about nine different guitars doing <laughs> uh, like nine different guitar tracks of harmony. I ended up playing a guitar that, that is ridiculous, like the, the Ibanez Fireman, because it matched the the feeling that I was going for. It was just like, yeah, this this pedal's red and pointy and that guitar also red and pointy. <laughs> so we ended up doing a bit of that. Very cool. cool. Very cool. Right. Let's do a little bit more news while we're talking. Let's talk about the Strymon, actually, because the Strymon is... It's a thing. It's a thing. So Strymon have released something which is not a pedal. Um, but what they have done is they've put... They've crammed all of that pedally goodness from the Strymon Deco into a computer plugin. So we know what the, the Deco does. Like tape, emulation, okay. preampy, emulation. Do, do, do we really know what it does? Because it just sounds... It, I mean, it's not like an effect that anybody else does a version of, is it? It's just sort no. of that thing, sort of. Yeah. But it's I'm, sort of that other thing, but it's sort of not. Okay, right. <laughs> I weren't planning on going into the, the finer points of the, the Strymon, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of like tape emulation almost kind of vibey sounding stuff, but then also has like delay, delay modes on it as well. Um, with the plugin, you get all of the, uh, all of the things that you get with the, like the standard pedal, like even down to like the, the secret modes where you like double press certain buttons and you get like, get different. Yeah, whole, yeah you double up the amount of controls that you've got. Yeah. So you've got that. Yeah. There's a double tracker mode as well and tape saturation. Like all this do you stuff. Need, do, you still, do you still need a TRS-Y cable to go into it stereo? No, you don't. Because it, it's it's a plug-in. <laughs> it just does all of that stuff <laughs> itself. So it's got two operating modes as well. So you've got your normal mode, which is as your pedal would intend. And then you've got the studio mode, which gives you like 10 extra dB of headroom. So you can have it as like a super clean high headroom version or you can have it slightly more compressed slightly more squishy um like the how the pedal would be um the, yeah lots of stuff we've got uh an additional feature on it as well for the um for the plugin so we've got wide stereo and auto flanger <laughs> so again <laughs> Are you laughing? Are you laughing at the word flanger? Yeah, Matt. Uh, no, no, definitely not. I mean, the, the classic fret tool. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, unlike the the guitar pedal equivalent, this can be used for other sound signals as well, like sound sources. Saying like it could add, um, kind of a an authentic tape warbliness to like synths, which would sound really, really cool. Kind of the stuff that we used to have on, on Peabod with Mikey. Um, and also vocals as well, like adding a really cool, interesting texture to vocals. Very cool, very cool. Um, the thing that has impressed me, because we know <laughs> that I'm a cheapskate, um, like the Strymon pedals, they cost upwards of like 300 quid now and even if yeah. you're looking used 
you ain't getting two fifty. Yeah, two fifty is like you're on a good day if you've got a Strymer for two fifty. The plug-in, seventy-two dollars or sixty-eight pounds. Okay. So, like, if you've always wanted to to have access to a Strymon pedal, but <laughs> like myself, too cheap to go. Now, two hundred fifty, I could buy a guitar for that. Um. Yeah, you could you could like feasibly get the Strymon Deco plug-in. It's obviously not as not as convenient as a pedal. You can't take that plug-in around with you unless you bring a laptop with you. I mean, you yeah. could do that, like having a cheap laptop on the floor on your board running the <laughs> Deco plug-in. Yeah, but even a cheap laptop that'll run a plug-in like that is still going to be 350, 400 quid. At that point, you could have just bought the Deco. Yeah, maybe. But it's not saying that that's the only plugin that you're running as well there. <laughs> yeah, but if you're buying a cheap laptop, it's probably only running one or two plugins, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you could run two. That'd be fine. But then you might <laughs> might need something like the uh, the AirStep MIDI controller to switch between the plugins that you use. I mean, switch. Th- this is just... just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's fucking stupid, is what it is. <laughs> At least you said it. But it's one way of not not owning a deco whilst owning a deco. So yeah, I think like they've 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 done a smart thing there. They've not made it so cheap that people will go, oh, it's it's a like a cheap facsimile of the the actual pedal. But they've not made it so expensive that it's like you you go in, well, that's a bit ridiculous. They've made it accessible. And I, I think they've done a good thing there, and we might end up with multiple Strymon pedals as a, um, as as plug-in options, basically. If they did the like the Volante in a plug-in version, yeah. I am signing myself up straight away because that's a ped- That's the only Strymon pedal I really want. Mm. Is the Volante yeah. and like if myself, they did a plug, you're not like dropping three hundred quid on a. <laughs> well, I think then weren't the Volante like six hundred quid because that was the big wide, yeah, slightly yeah, wider thing. box. Yeah, yeah, they, they go for about three hundred on reverb secondhand occasionally. Not I saw one once at two. Not that I've been looking. I did see one at two forty the once, and I was like, "I'll get it when I get paid." And then when I got paid, it had gone, of course, because it was oh yeah, yeah, it will have cheap. It will have completely disappeared by that point. But yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I, I think Strymon are uh, are doing a doing a good thing there. What I would like to see maybe in the future when they've done like four, five, or six of them, where they do that subscription model, you pay forty quid a month. Sorry, 40 quid a month, fuck no. 40 quid a year. <laughs> uh, and you get access to like the the whole Strymon. Yeah, catalogue. Yeah, catalogue. That would yeah, be would really be cool. Strymon, you know, it would be 160 quid a year, wouldn't it? A month. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think I was probably right with 40 quid a month, <laughs> wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I don't think you're getting it for the price you want it. No. But that's sort of funny enough. It kind of beggars the question. If they can make, you know, essentially the algorithms to be a 60, what, 60, 70 pound plug-in, that means 
they have the wherewithal to be able to just make that into a pedal for about the same price. No, 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 no. Like the, it's the computer that's attached to that um, plug-in, basically. You know, cheap as nails case, you know, just a general metal case. (laughs) You can't have a cheap as nails, uh, like DSP chip, like a processor. If you use a cheap as nails processor within the pedal, it's going to sound like wet farts. Yeah. You're going to have. I'm that. sure you can find them on AliExpress. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy kind of deal. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not. It's just wish processors. You'd be fine. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not here justifying the fact that like Strymon pedals are going for like ridiculous chunky money, but I'm saying getting a Strymon pedal for sixty eight quid. Is it's not on the horizon anytime soon at all. Literally got more chance of pigs flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mind you, like there are companies releasing full blown multi effects processors for like two, three hundred quid these days. So Which we might talk about in the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't know what you're talking about. Well, you you will if you if you check out the Patreon. <laughs> You definitely will. Am I going to be on get, the Patreon? Get with the program, Matt. <laughs> you will, yeah. Okay. I'm hoping you are, because if not, I'm talk, <laughs> talking to myself. <laughs> right. Okay, we, I didn't get the invite then if you're talking by yourself. <laughs> we're doing... We're, <laughs> yeah. I can't Forget see, the Patreon. I, I can't I'll get my own Patreon you, with um, Blackjack and hookers. <laughs> I mean, I'd sign up to it. <laughs> um, I'll talk about what I've done this week. Because uh, I haven't, I haven't really done a lot because I've not been back in the country for so long. Um, but I have, I like it's end of an era stuff this this week. I so like between coming back from holiday and uh, and now, I did a gig. It was a it was a nice local gig, so I, I got home at a, a decent time, which was nice. Um, but it was our it was our final gig. Like our, our band are winding up. I mentioned it in the um, the Harley Benton Fusion video. Is that like the band that I'm in are winding up? And I thought I'd take this one last opportunity. Well, at least for now, I'd take this one last opportunity to give the Harley Benton a good road testing to really see if it's worth keeping or if it's if it's one of these ones that'll shift on and. Much like the fire mist, the pickups were the weakest point, but everything else, like it stayed in tune, it played well, it did everything I needed it to do. Yeah, just <laughs> fully solid. So nice. like, I, I, I can only endorse them as much as I can. Like they're just, they're, they're really fucking good. <laughs> but like there's, um, there's, there's still stigma, isn't there, with certain brands on your headstock. Certain people will go, hmm, I don't know about that. Well, to be honest, I'm looking at the Harley Benton seven strings because I don't want to spend a lot of money to get into the seven string territory. Yeah. And, you know, other than what you'd expect with, you know, some of them having, a, you know, setup issues. Yeah. The biggest thing I've seen people complain about is the pickups. Other than that, 
everybody seems to say that you know the the rest of it as an instrument is 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 pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, what what I will say with both the Fire Mist and the the Fusion is that like from the factory, Harley Benton set them up like they err on the side of caution with their setups. So the the action is a bit high, but they do that so that when it's shipped, like when it's shipped from like mainland Europe to wherever it's going to, that it's not going to arrive on your doorstep with frets that aren't working or uh, like choking out because the the action was too low, or like the the necks settled in a different way and it's just not working. So they they set it with. I mean, it's not like a ridiculous high action. Don't get me wrong. It's not like getting your fingers underneath the uh, the action. But it's it's higher than I would usually have. And I uh, I remedied that on the, the fire mist by blocking the trem off with an eraser in the in like the trem cavity. So that it bought the... <laughs> you, you noticed I said eraser. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it brought the trem system back a bit like it it uh, tilted it rather than laying parallel with the body it tilted it backwards so that ended up bringing the uh, the strings closer to the fretboard on that one I decided against that one on the on the fusion because I want to keep it as a floating system so I, I sunk the pot uh, sorry the posts for the trem system down a little bit into the body until I could uh, like the the action was a lot lower, but I could still bend on the on the strings and it weren't choking out, and that's like remedied remedied the uh, the action a little bit as well. It's like really really simple setup. It's not not had to do anything else to it apart from just lower the lower the posts, um, and it's it it plays pretty well. I, I know I could probably get it even better than that, but this was like I. I took it to practice on like Thursday and we were gigging on Saturday. So I was like, I've got to do something quick to make it a little bit more playable. So I just, I love the posts. Um, so yeah, like if you are buying a Harley Benson, just be aware that they, they do set them up very cautiously. shall we say like the intonation's fine and it's a, it's a nice setup job in terms of like, it's nice and even. But it's just it's just a bit high, and it's just right. and like from like my opinion of that, I, I'm thinking it's just because like it could be going from Germany, like a German factory, all the way to America because they ship internationally. It could be going to the UK. It could be going to like any number of like Asian countries where like the the temperature and the humidity are, are completely different than mainland Europe. So they're, they're setting it so that when you get it out of that box and you strum the first chord on it, you're not hearing... Because yeah. the, they've decked, decked it low and it's it just hasn't survived the process. So, so beggars the question, is she a keeper? Yes, I th- I'm pretty, pretty sure. Because like, it played well enough. Um. It will require me changing the pickups. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they okay, weren't... but so so do all of your squires and fenders and Gibsons and yeah, 
yeah. <laughs> all of the guitars that you own. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the Rizzler. Look, if I if I were to go out and buy uh, like the Esquire equivalent, if I was to buy the classic Vibes, I probably wouldn't change the pickups out of them because they're pretty pretty decent. Um, but the classic Vibes are also an extra 150 quid on top of what you paid for that now. I mean, they're 400 quid now. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more than what I paid for the the fusion because I got it on like yeah, 20, yeah, but... 25 for 25 or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so in the video that I did for the the fusion, I looked up like the equivalent, um, like like within the same kind of like within a hundred pounds either way, and I I came up with like the the Yamaha Pacifica. One of one of those ones, like the slightly higher end ones, the Larry Carlton S3, and one of the classic vibes as well, which were within that price range. Um, and again, I, I think I wouldn't be changing the pickups out on those. However, you're not getting a roasted maple neck, you're not getting stainless steel frets, you're not getting locking tuners. The trem system will be shit because <laughs> it, like it'll be a six screw vintage style trem system. Which never work. Yeah. So like the the uh, the compromises that I'd be making for that is like the is basically the pickups, and the pickups aren't terrible. I think I could get around changing the pickups out by running a treble booster always on. That would add the clarity back into those pickups, but I don't want to. Yeah. Like treble boosters in, introduce noise. I was going to say you introduce and like it'll also they'll also play differently with your the rest of the the effects on your board than just a better quality pickup would. Yeah, it's exactly that. And like, I, like I get I get that it would fun, it, it could function to clean them up a bit or clear them up a bit, but yeah. it could it could introduce other problems and it's probably better just to put new pickups. Like it's. Yeah. Fletch will do your deal, I'm sure. You've had enough of his pickups over the years. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you're not like, you know, an, an affiliated artist with him <laughs> by this point. I mean, if such a thing existed, I'm sure I'm sure it would be. But Fletch is is one man in in a rather quaint little shed winding pickups. I don't think uh, artist affiliate schemes are necessarily on his cards just yet. <laughs> But they are they're they're very good pickups. Like what what can I say? They they they're very good. Uh, I mean, the testament goes to no like, the guitars that I had were predominantly loaded with Damasios, and now I don't have any guitars loaded with Damasios. All of those have got Fletcher pickups. <laughs> so, tis what tis, isn't it? Right, let's have a look at what time we're on. Because I think we've got one last little bit of news. One last little bit of news. And that, that little bit of news is a release from uh, from a friend of mine. Um, I've, I've um, dealt with uh, Mr. Andy Il, Ilgunas. <laughs> is that how you pronounce your name? I don't know. I, I know Andy. Andy of Funny Little Boxes, um, like... We've we've shared some stuff before. I've done uh, done a demo for his uh, Funny Little Boxes collab with um, Bad Penny Effects, which was a really cool 
fuzz. Uh, and about two or three years ago, he released his own pedal with the 1991, which like gained critical acclaim so much so like it was picked up by like by some of these guitar magazines i think like guitarist magazine gave it like a, a player's choice award or something similar uh because it was like a really affordable um pedal 99 pounds like handmade uk pedal and it like absolutely nailed the tone of pearl jams look most iconic record basically uh and so um funny little boxes have done it again basically they've uh teamed up with let's play all youtube channel uh who set andy a a challenge and said i want to get the sound of josh hom uh, of queens of the stone age um like especially those early queens of the stone age tones which I believe was like a little 10-watt PV practice amp or something. Yeah, the, the, there's a couple of other things going on, but yeah, for the most part, it is all on 10. Uh, I think an 8-inch speaker, 10-watt practice amp, Yeah, everything to the complete max with a load of EQ all over it and... Obviously, yep. not not recorded like it was in a teenager's bedroom, like you heard the PV with everything <laughs> yeah. on ten as a twelve yeah. year old going, "I'm this is amazing." <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's that's quite a difficult thing to emulate, isn't it? Like, yeah, you're trying to emulate the sound of a like professionally recorded, but like a, a very specific like drive tone going through a very specific like speaker EQ. And all of this has to go like into a pedal that you're going to put into the front end of any amp and sound like that. So it's quite, quite the ask. Um, the, the, like, the R and D for this pedal uh, has been going on a little while. Cause I, I remember hearing about this being in the pipeline, maybe about a year ago. But it's finally come out now, and it's called the Skeleton Key. So it's really cool, yeah. Send, look, sends a Josh Hom. Um, what makes it really, really interesting is that the artist who did the uh, the the pedal uh, pedal art on the front of it is Boneface, who also did the art for uh, Queens of the Stone Age album covers, which just amazing that they've managed to get that like that collaboration. Um. Yeah, there's there's mention of it being like op amp based distortion. So, is it going to be muff like sounding? Is it going to be like that kind of? But it's gonna I'm, it's gonna be that with lots of tweaks. I was gonna say it'll have to have tweaks because it's not a very muffy sound. Like certainly yeah. the the sounds I remember of the early Queens of the Stone Age records, it's it's not really muffy like it's it's like nothing else like i i don't think i've heard that sound on any like from any other artist i don't think i've heard anybody like all the youtube channels do a sound like x but i don't think i've ever seen anybody do sounds like sound like josh hom for on a budget or on a no budget because i just don't i don't think it's a a sound that people think of that often but i i absolutely love songs with a death there 
I mean, I I love it more for just uh, Dave Grohl's drumming on that. I think is probably the best thing he's ever done. Yeah. Um, I, what? I, it's I, I genuinely <laughs> think his his drumming on songs for the deaf is the best thing that Grohl's ever done. He was Absolutely. a drummer in Queens of the Stone Age for one album. Yeah, for the first, he never yeah. to- I, I think he toured with them for a year, maybe. But the, so their drummer left just before recording this album, I think. Um, and they couldn't get, or they didn't have anybody in. And Foo Fighters weren't touring, and Josh Harmon, uh, Dave Grohl knew each other, and yeah, Grohl ends up drumming for this, and some of the drums on on this album, on that on that. Their songs for the Deaf album are absolutely incredible, but I mean, I I love the the guitar tone and the bass tone. Like the, the bass is all driven as well yeah. um, on that album. It's just a, it's a very different. It's not like it's not really pop punky, but it's also not really like of any of the other rock stuff that was happening at the time. Like it was just kind of like out there on its own as this completely separate thing in 2002 when most people were either doing pop punk or doing like metal yeah like to me because I, I had to listen to this album after um basically like a couple of months ago asking for suggestions of music that i should have listened to by now uh and like that album came up so i, I listened through through that album not necessarily like my my wheelhouse at all but there were some some interesting uh it's interesting parts in it and what kind of struck me was it was kind of like old school um like 70s blues meets kind of grunge elements so you've got like that kind of dirty garage rock sound but mixed with like some some kind of the bluesy tropes as well and it was, yeah, yeah, it was like a like a really interesting Venn diagram meeting of those two worlds, isn't it? Yeah, and and like they pull pull influence from all over the place. They're all like a quite a wide range of things. And like I say, like um, I think it's called songs for. The, so the album is songs for the deaf, and I think the song as song for the dead, yeah. like the intro to it is just like that guitar tone that we're talking about now but with a filter over it so it sounds like it's in another room. And then you've got Dave Grohl doing like some like really big kind of like Tom and floor work um, to bring it all in. And then the filter disappears and the whole thing just smashes you in the face after like a, a, a 40 second intro. And it's just like, I, I, I was listening to this as like a, well, I, I didn't have it the year it came out. So I was probably 13, 14 when I found this. And it, it was just like one of those things that it 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 just absolutely blew my mind at that time. Yeah, you wet yourself. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe not wet myself, but I messed myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool that the uh, funny little boxes have have chosen this this sound as their next inspiration. Because uh, look again, the the Pearl Jam ten tone was it was not necessarily like one of the top 10 tones that people are pointing yeah. towards is it so i'm I'm liking the fact that he's he's really kind of looking at these niche tones and going we're gonna nail that one so i should I'm really do uh, sound garden fourth of july i mean what you need to do is now suggest it to him 
just <laughs> like get him get him on the social media and just go look this is this is what I think your next thing should be as like he'll he'll take the like take the advice he'll take the uh the suggestions and if if there's anything that particularly sparks his interest he'll he'll go for it I reckon but for now like this uh funny little boxy skeleton key is just just literally released so we'll like potentially be hearing some demos of that coming out pretty soon and see how how close it gets i think like the 1991 it'll probably be a um a wait list for it so you'll go onto a wait list and then once a certain amount of that wait list gets fulfilled it'll be a case of okay you're you're on this list we'll build that batch and then you get it so it's a really cool really cool system uh, it means that then they're not instantly available but like he can guarantee like these these amount of people are asking for it I'll get them built and it it ended up being like that they ended up having to extend the um the pre-order lists for the 1991 because it became so popular so I'm hoping this happens again for the uh, the skeleton key so I know yeah, a lot of I people I really do cuz I can't get I can't get onto it this month I've just started privately going for ADHD meds which isn't cheap yeah and had a few other outgoings this month but if it, if it was any other month I'd have jumped on that pre-order cuz yeah, I think it's just a, a really interesting to go for that kind of sound. Like you say, I don't think anybody else has ever done it. And I, it's just a sound from my childhood that I'd like to have in my arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right in your arsenal. <laughs> 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 and on that note, this is where we're going <laughs> to. <laughs> this is where we're going to wrap it for this week. Uh, I'm extending a thank you. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, affordableboard.co.uk. Uh, like the go-to place if you are looking for like, any of those companies that you'd be buying from, like AliExpress or or, or those kind of like the DHgate or, or like or even like Wish. If you're looking for those kind of pedals, like the Muskies and the um the, like the Demon Effects and those kind of ones, where there's definitely a wait list. Like you have to wait for it all to be imported. He's he's got your back. He's got all of his stock in the UK, and a lot of the time it is a lot comparable prices, if not cheaper than you'd be if you were buying it from those those sources. So check it out. There's there's some cool stuff. Uh, I'm extending a massive thank you to our just our listeners, you lot, your lovely people, and thank you for making it so far. And an extra special special special. <laughs> an extra special super sexy thank you to our Patreon backers who are as follows we've got Mr. Andrew Yeomans of Chef Donovex we've got Mr. Andrew Bimson of The Rising of the Lots we've got the two bestest buddies hard as nails we've got Mr. Hugh Rection and we've got Mr. Mike Oxlong Never cross the streams, guys. Never cross the streams. <laughs> uh, we've got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. We've got Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Joe. I'm going to say that again because it says Brian. Brian has got an R in it. Brian. 
Brian Gower of the Tone Jokes podcast, the Second Button podcast, and the Off the Rails podcast. We've got Mr. Diabetes Foot, and we have got Mr. Jason Wharton, who happens to be one of the Peabod YouTube presenters. Woo, woo, woo. Mm. So as little as $2 a month, you can get yourself on that list. You can get yourself on that list. And... I think we potentially are owing whose nipple is it anyway on <laughs> over on Patreon. So like get 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 on that while the going's good. Because I I think if we do if we do, do that, it's not gonna be staying up forever. Yeah, it'll be a limited run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe up for a month, whose nipple is it anyway? And I'm I'm just saying it here, like here and now. I'm going to throw some red herring nipples in there. <laughs> so, oh, well, you, you need to get like some famous nipples in there. Like, I'm sure Flea's nipples are all over the internet, aren't they? And uh, Flea's dick is all over the internet. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not, look, I'm sure we can get like 80s action stars nipples. They always had their nipples there, didn't they? Look, we could get Sly Stallone's nipple in there somehow. <laughs> but it would be a bit obvious, wouldn't it? Like an absolutely ripped looking <laughs> yeah. chap with a perfectly like shaven nipple <laughs> next to like sweaty man tits. <laughs> but we'll see. I, I, I'm going to have to do a bit of research into sweaty mantits, aren't I? <laughs> Don't want to be your search history. No. <laughs> no. Look, if you're looking for big sweaty mantits, wrestling, pro wrestling is the place to find celebrity yeah. sweaty mantits. Rikishi. <laughs> Rikishi, Rikishi was, the big that, show. Rikishi was a... Look, he, he was a, a relatively hairless man, weren't he? Like, from the neck down... Yeah, but I mean, he's still not on a like a slim body. No, but there might be other telltale signs with that. Well, maybe he I'll change my, my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all have to give him a, a bit of a shave. But Rikishi, he's definitely look. He's definitely a more golden brown color than any of us white ass motherfuckers. <laughs> That's a good way to word it. <laughs> he's Samoan before you suggest he's from anywhere else. Just uh, as an FYI. <laughs> Just an FYI, guys. Yeah. Samoa. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's definitely got Samoa colour than we do. <laughs> but yeah, so from, uh, from myself, Mr. Budget Purple Chap, from Mr. Matt Cohen, say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. And from, oh my gosh, it is Josh. It will be a tatty bye. And good night for this week. Bye. Bye. How do you make a Kleenex dance? How do you make a Kleenex dance, Josh? You put a boogie in it. Way. Uh. That's actually pretty good. <laughs>